Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with John Houston, who is an entrepreneur, business owner, and author. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. And today I'm joined with John Houston, who is an entrepreneur, business owner, and author. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. You're going to love this conversation today with John. I'm sure you're going to leave inspired, encouraged, uh, and challenged. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. So great to have you with us. Today's conversation, we discuss a little bit about John's story um, finding God's purpose in challenge and in confusion um, after taking some some steps in different directions um, sought wisdom from the Lord and found um, great understanding in his calling so he details how he now uh, you know is involved in in several several as in seven different businesses um, starting them and now as a you know an entrepreneur and business leader, we talk about uh, business finances and stewardship. Um, we talk about servant leadership, what it means to to serve God and to serve others, um, and, and just team dynamics. We discuss a whole lot more as well. So without further ado, here is my conversation with John Houston. John, thanks so much for joining me in the Guys Like Us podcast. Hey, thanks, Tyler, man. I'm, uh, I'm just honored to be here. Thank you. No, thank you so much. And so you're, um, I know you're tuning in from Texas now. And uh, as I as I mentioned, you're, you know, have a book launch. This is, we're recording now in early, actually end of March. I'm, I'm jumping ahead to April, but it's not quite April yet. But um, the, the book is set to launch in April. Um, and uh, yeah, Finding My Way Home. And so I, I'm sure as the title yeah. suggests, talks a little bit about your your story growing up and how you got to where you are today, but a whole lot more. So congratulations, first of all. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, that, that book will launch on April 20th. Yeah. And uh, man, we're just excited. You know, the, the whole premise of the book is based off of 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. It says, always be prepared to give a word for the hope that is within you hmm. with your conscience. And uh, man, that's, that's our hope is that is that people catch the hope that God has um, as we reflect back on our life and as, as we move forward in what God's called us to do. Yeah, incredible. And I, that's like, that's that's really crazy. I'm 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 in one Peter now studying in by in the in my Bible study, and it's um it's there's you know the theme of joy in suffering uh, appears a lot in one Peter, and I know some of uh, some of your background you know had a little bit of suffering and pain. Can you walk us through? Kind of, um, I guess, what your initial kind of plan plans were, and um, in business and entrepreneurship, and kind of how you've uh, how you found and kind of understood your uh, your calling now into business and entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah. What's crazy about that is it really kind of started when I was eleven, and, um, yeah. and literally we had just come home from a family vacation, and my parents sat us down. Literally, I had never seen my parents fight. Yeah. I remember, and, and they sat us down after a week-long family vacation and said, hey, um, man, we're going to get a divorce, and uh, who do you want to live And so, man, that just it kind of rocked my world at the time because I'm 11. My, my brother was uh, 15. My sister was 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, 
really at that point, um, we, we were living in Waco, Texas and my shortly thereafter, my dad moved to, to near Houston and my mom moved to Nashville, Nashville to write professional country music. And, uh, mm-hmm. and at that point, my brother pretty much started raising me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, again, he was 15, started a landscaping company, mm-hmm. uh, to help support us. And, uh, honestly that's kind of how we got into to the business world mm-hmm. um, and really so we would primarily get up every day go to work he'd drop me off at school he'd pick me up afterwards and we'd go back to work you know in the afternoon and that just basically became our life all the way through all the way till I graduated from high school and um so by the time I graduated so there, there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened that we share in the book you know along mm-hmm. that journey um things that happened in the church because my parents had got a divorce because of an affair in the church. Um, and you know, uh, because my mom was an alcoholic, you know, everybody assumed I partied and slept around, mm-hmm. but yet I didn't. And so there was a lot of those things that I had to kind of work through, but I didn't mm-hmm. work through until later in life. Mm-hmm. And so then whenever, um, I was about 19, I mean, God just kind of really started tugging on my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, really even understand what that meant because I had grown up in church. But what I, what I like to say a lot of times is I had grown up in church. Um, I knew the church, but I don't know that I really knew Christ. And I don't know that I really knew his word. Hmm. Uh, so I didn't know him as a person. Um, and uh, so I, I say that it wasn't until I got to know Jesus as a person and had a personal relationship with him that that's really when my world began to change. Uh-huh. As I, I knew the church world, I knew the culture, I knew the right Christianese language, if that's a word, right. uh, share. So, I, you know, but um, I didn't recognize that when I was 11 and my parents left mm-hmm. all the way through high school, all the way up until I met my wife, I didn't, I, I didn't recognize that God was actually with me that whole time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I really thought that it was it was me trying to take care of myself, you know? And, uh, and so really by the time I was a senior in high school, my brother by then had gotten remarried, uh, or had gotten married. Um, and so I, I had been living by myself for a few years mm-hmm. and, um, and had started a landscaping company with my brother and then also started a janitorial company where we cleaned office, commercial office buildings at night. Uh, so it had really gotten to be pretty successful, even at a very early age. I'm um, still graduated from high school, but what I didn't realize was that journey I was on, although to the world's eyes, I looked really successful and knew what I was doing. I was completely empty inside mm-hmm. and I was searching. My identity had actually become in what I did instead of who I, whose I was, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, and so fast forward a little bit, I met my wife and, um, uh, and which was really cool because that was really one of the first times I ever heard God speak to me. Um, and I literally just came home one day from a date. This is before I met her. Mm-hmm. I came from a date and, you know, by then I had either lived with my brother or by myself for about eight years. It graduated from high school and honestly it was just really, really lonely. Um, and every day I would come home by myself and I'm like, God. So I finally remember one night I cried out to God and I was like, God, there's gotta be more to this life than this. Like, please God, just bring me a wife or something. And that's the first time I really remember the Lord speaking to me. And I felt like he said, call Tracy Miller. 
I knew her because I'd gone to church with her and she had uh, dated a friend of mine. Um, but I was like, call her for what? And I felt like he said, that's who you're going to marry. And I'm not saying that happens to everybody. And I'm telling you, I thought I was weird at the time, you know, uh, but I still reached out to her and said, Hey, you want to go out? And, uh, but that was really hard for me because I was 19 and she was 15. And I'm like, that math doesn't work. Right. Um, uh, so, but that actually opened up a, a whole new way of life for me mm-hmm. because she, she ended up going uh, on a date with me and now we've been married almost 30 years. Wow. Um, but I look back on that and, and I didn't know this till after we were married, but her dad was like, heck no, y'all aren't dating. Her mm-hmm. mom was like, man, I really believe this is the Lord and, and God may be orchestrating this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, her parents had known my parents when they were married, so they had known my family for years. Uh, and I say all that to say, mm-hmm. about six months after we'd been dating, um, her parents basically said, hey, you know, why don't you come live with us? And so remember, by now she's 16, I'm 20. Who does that, right? And so, but because I ended up moving in with her family, um, I actually got to see what a husband looked like. I got to see what a father looked like. I got to see what a family looked like and what it was modeled like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that really just started opening my eyes to me and God, what are you doing? You know? And, um, and so through that ended up going to Bible college for a business degree and mm-hmm. went to work for an investment company for about seven and a half years after I graduated. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, those years from the time my wife and I got married until, I was at the investment company. God took me through a really crazy hard uh, journey because what I didn't realize is I had become very greedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought the kingdom that I was building was my kingdom, um, not God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so God took me on a seven year journey where we lost everything we had. Uh, the only thing we didn't lose was our house. Uh, and it was really, really hard. And, uh, um, and then uh, the Lord spoke to me one day through my son, actually. Our son had, had kind of given me a word from Scripture. That's why I love the Word of God so much. Mm-hmm. As my son was standing at the uh, coffee table. He's three years old and had loved the Word of God. You know, mm-hmm. we really believe in pouring the Word of God into our kids. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, son, what are you thinking about? Because he was just kind of staring at the table. And he said, well, I'm thinking about King Nebuchadnezzar how God made him eat grass and his claws grew like eagles. I'm like, man, I don't even remember that story. So I pull up my Bible and I open it. And the very first thing that I read is it says, and King Nebuchadnezzar looked out over his kingdom and thought, look what I've done. And God took it all away from him. Man, I knew right then that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me and saying, son, you've been on this journey for seven years. When are you going to learn? That's what I'm trying to show you is that even when you were a kid, even when you were 11, 12, you know, all the way to where you are today, I've always been with you. I've never left you. I've never forsaken you. Mm-hmm. I just want you to fully commit your life to me. And uh, and I was following the Lord. I had accepted Christ and I was following the Lord, but I hadn't given him all of my life. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it was that day, man. I, I still remember it was like yesterday. I went in a, a room that I used as my prayer room. Mm-hmm. And I went in and I said, God, man, I give everything to you. My heart, my soul, my mind, my spirit, my gifts, my talents. Whatever you tell me to do from this day forward, I'm going to do my best to do it. Um, and it was about two months later 
that the Lord actually spoke to me and said, hey, I want you to start a home building business for two reasons. To reach people for Christ and give to the kingdom. And, uh, and that's it. But don't ever forget those are the two reasons. And uh, so to this day, now we have seven companies. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they're all focused on reaching people for Christ and giving the kingdom. Uh, and man, so that's a, that's a little bit of a highlight, maybe a longer answer than what you wanted. So I apologize for that, but a lot of information. No, thank you. And there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And as, as I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting excited as you're kind of going through and seeing kind of God, God's hand in, in all these different components, some, you know, better, better than others, but finding kind of wisdom in, uh, in the other side of, okay, yeah, this isn't the path I'm on right now is taking me a certain direction and having to change course. And I think there's, there's several things. I mean, I was thinking about, I think one is the, the importance of having like a figure in your life that you can look to that models Christ likeness or that, that fatherly figure in your life. Um, and, and just think that's, that's super important. And, And we were, we were talking before the podcast too, of, of having, you know, myself, you know, be, I'm 27 right now and having people in my life who are, you know, a little bit older than myself who offer it, can offer some, some wisdom of, Hey, I, you know, I've been there and I've, uh, I, I've, you know, I know kind of how to, the, how, how to be a little bit more maybe responsible and stewarding of my, of resources and of finances. Um, and, and just the importance of that. And so I, I think actually that's kind of that's kind of where I wanted to, um, to to shift in a little bit too. Is I know you've spent some time in thinking about finances and um, and just being a good steward. Um, yep. Can you talk a little bit? I think there's a lot of folks here who um, are now thinking a little bit more about money. Um, I think especially you know as the pandemic has hit um, and we're kind of hopefully going into a new season, but have been uh, a little more more conscious or it's been more aware. How do you how do you think about how do you think about connecting your faith to your finance? Yeah, that, that's a great thing uh, that I love to talk about. I'm yeah. very passionate about that. But let me let me add one thing, though, Tyler. Yeah. To what you said, you were you were basically saying you're 27 and you you appreciate gaining wisdom from you know people my age. I'll, I'll be 50 next month. But you know what else? I also really want to encourage you and any of your listeners. Uh, that are in their 20s, but also your guys that are listeners that are 40, 50, 60. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's just as important that we build relationships with your mm-hmm. generation and the generations underneath us because the reality is, I mean, you guys have so much to add. Um, I love One of my favorite things to do is to talk to the next generations that mm-hmm. are behind us. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm telling you. I only know what I know. You have life experiences that I don't have as well, and we can learn from each other. That's what makes the body of Christ so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the the world you guys are growing up in, I don't understand that world, honestly. Mm-hmm. But you don't understand the world I grew up in. But together, if, if we dialogue and we talk about that, then all of a sudden I can understand a little bit more about the world that you live in Hopefully you can understand a little bit more of the world I can live in. And then all of a sudden we're more united as it talks about in John chapter 17 as a body of Christ. And we value each other the same way. Right. right? So I just want to encourage you on that. So thank you for what you're actually been doing today because it's huge in the kingdom. It's very much needed. Um, On the stewardship thing, man, let me tell you, uh, to any of your listeners, man, I learned it the hard way. I lost everything, everything that I had. Um, mm-hmm. 
my hope would be that that doesn't happen to you, that you can learn from, from some of my mistakes. Uh, but I, I think the easiest way to explain it is I follow the principle out of Psalms 24.1 that says, and that verse says, the earth and everything in it, including its people, are God's. And so one of the things that I, this is how I live my life there. Okay, if you look at that verse, everything in the, in the earth, including its people, are God's. That means even myself, I'm God's, right? And so if I'm God's, then I have to live a life that is for him, right? I don't have the choice to do whatever I want. And so for me, that starts every morning. So I have a goal that at least five days a week, I actually spend time in the word, mm-hmm. really studying the word, meditating on the word and digging into it um, and spending time in prayer. Mm-hmm. So I'm really doing my best to stay connected to the Lord, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because I know I'm not even my own. And the reason why I say that first is because if I, if I understand that principle, then I understand that if even myself, if I'm God's and everything else is God's, even the seven businesses God has given us today, they're really his. And so the, the definition of stewardship is actually managing somebody else's estate. So if I am God's and these businesses are his, really all he's called me to do is steward what is his, which means manage what are his. Mm-hmm. I love that because what that did for me is it took all the pressure off mm-hmm. because all of a sudden, you know, if I'm thinking like an owner, then I have to figure out how to make things happen. I'm all, I was stressing myself out for so many years going, mm-hmm. I know the right answer to this. I got it right. I got to know the right answer to this. What if I make the wrong decision here? What if I make the wrong? And there were so many pitfalls mm-hmm. where once I really began to operate this way. Now I say, God, what do you want me to do? Right. And I, and, and so there's in those mornings when I'm praying, that's when I go to the board and I say, God, you know what my day looks like today. Give me today what I need. And I'm telling you, man, from experience, so many days God gives me a word. I'll write that word down so that I don't forget it. But sometimes, especially if I'm going through a really rough patch, I'll actually write parts of that word down and stick it in my pocket. Because what I know is the enemy is going to come against me in the day. I can pull that out of my pocket and I can look at it and be reminded of what God told me. And so what I say, I say that to say, I know that mm-hmm. I might not be talking about money, but I, I believe great biblical stewardship of money actually starts in our own heart. Mm-hmm. 100% I believe that. Because if we can't, if we can't steward the little things God has given us, mm-hmm. starts with ourselves, how are we ever going to steward multi-millions of dollars? How are we ever going to steward, you know, we have whatever, I can't remember, 300 employees whatever the number is, mm-hmm. how are we going to steward those people well? How are we going to steward the thousand vendors that we have that work for us on a daily basis if I can't steward my own life? Um, and so I don't know if that answers your question, but mm-hmm. I, I just really think that's where it starts um, because if we don't get it right there, we're going to miss it. And sometimes we want to fast forward to when I make this, I'm going to give this. And when I when we make this, I'm going to do this. But it doesn't mm-hmm. actually work that way. It's backwards. It's when I do this with God in my prayer time early in the morning, I'm spending time mm-hmm. with God. I'm getting to know him personally. And then I'm just following him through the day. Then all of a sudden, that's when God can really begin to open doors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I think that's that's incredible and, and so important to get in the word every day and to start your day off that way. Um, I, I can't think of how how valuable that has been for me of kind of making that my daily my daily routine and rhythm now. Of first thing is you know right next to my 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 desk I have my Bible I have my journal um, and have a devotional and it's like all right here's this is these are the big three that I am kind of getting into as soon as I wake up and. And the, the crazy thing is that it just re, it could rearrange your whole day of like, all right, you know, God, I, I just want to receive what you are, you're showing me. And I just want to respond yep. in obedience to it. Whatever that is, like, help me, help me get there um, yep. by your spirit. And it's, um, you know, it's, I think, and over time you'll see kind of, and, and I love how you said you come back to that word too, because that remembrance is so important because it's, it just recenters you back, back to where you were. And um, it keeps you, it keeps you kind of on the straight and narrow. So it does, you know, you think about, you know, kind of where I learned that was I had a plumber um, back when I was young um, that uh, actually when I was uh, at church with my parents before they got a divorce, he was my, him and his wife were my Sunday school teachers, mm-hmm. my kindergarten Sunday school teachers. And then throughout the years, even after my divorce, he would still be standing at the back door and he would invite me to come sit with his family. Mm-hmm never did um but what he what what happened was he stayed so faithful and so consistent in asking me to that it intrigued me that i saw that that's that uh consistency in his life and i was like man that's that's just crazy that every time i come to church he's standing there wait like he's waiting for me Mm -hmm. right yeah well what happened was a few years later i really got to know his kids because my wife and i were working in youth then I got to know him and ended up going to work for him one summer as a plumber. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, what stuck out to me so much was, man, this guy was a powerful man of God. But you know what? He didn't run around preaching it to everybody. He literally lived it out in every aspect of his life. That was his purpose. His purpose was, I'm going to let people see the love of Jesus in me so that I can earn the right to share the gospel with them. Mm-hmm. And it was so... that that. That so impacted my life that honestly, I say he's one of the main reasons why I do what I do today because it dramatically impacted my life. Yeah. Shortly after that summer, he actually, he died of a massive heart attack. To this day, that was the biggest funeral I've ever been to. And for months, his wife had people coming up to her saying, man, I just want you to know how your husband loved me. Hey, I just want you to know that your husband bought me groceries. Hey, I just want you to know all these ways that he had, he had impacted their life. And, and so that's one of the ways that I learned what he had learned to do was steward his daily life and his walk with the Lord and then just follow God. But yet he was a very successful businessman, which was so interesting to me. He was a very successful husband. He was a very successful uh, father. Um, and, the more that I began to really kind of dig into that, I, it, it always took me back to Joshua chapter one. And Joshua chapter one says, study the word of God, meditate on it day and night, do what it says, then you'll be prosperous and, and successful in all your ways. And I really think that's the secret to success. Study the word of God, get to know God, get to know his heart, his character, mm-hmm. get to know who he is in the word. Mm-hmm. meditate on it and and the word meditate there actually means that kind of like a this is kind of gross but it's true 
It's kind of like a cow. When a cow, that, that is the interpretation of that word. You take a bite, you chew on it, you swallow it, mm-hmm. you bring it back up throughout the day, chew on it some more, swallow it, you bring it back up, you chew on it. So like you were talking about the remembrance, that's what happens is yeah. we the word in, we swallow it, we go about our day, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit brings it to our remembrance. We chew on it some more and go, God, how does this relate to what I'm going through? And we swallow it, and that keeps happening. And then what happens is we just begin to follow the Lord. And praise God, we have the Holy Spirit now that can actually lead us. Um, and, and we just walk that out. And now I look at, I look at my life, and I'm like, and I had no idea where God was actually taking me. So, you know, I've got a 23-year-old son and a 19-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. And I still tell them, you know what, guys? Don't, don't get a plan for where you're going to go with your life. Because I'm 49 years old, and I don't even know what I'm going to do when I grow up. Mm-hmm. But what you do know is you can go to the Lord today, and you can seek Him, and you can follow Him today. Now, I'm not saying don't plan. You still need to plan, but allow God to orchestrate your steps. And uh, it's just going to be crazy mm-hmm. where to see God take you. Mm-hmm. That, no, that that's spot on. And I think, you know, we look in the book of James, and faith without works is dead, and I think about the consistency element of just continuing to show up and how that like that starts from spiritual disciplines of getting in the word. And I think about like character is like the level that your ceiling is going to be based on your character because at some point you're going to have responsibility going back. You know, if you can't if you can't handle your own character, if you can't kind of take control and ownership of yourself, then how are you going to be able to kind of help lead and guide people into their purpose too. Yeah. Um, Very true. Super important. Um, I wanted to kind of go back and you, you had mentioned finances for one thing that I think has been a big learning area are, you know, those seven years of kind of going down, going down a different path. What are some of the other, I guess, big mistakes or, you know, areas that you've, uh, you've just have a new perspective and kind of looking back on or, or like, wow, I, you know, I, I wish I had seen it this way you know, 10 years ago. Yeah, I think, uh, um, you know, some of the biggest ones that, that just stick out to me is, is that, you know, I wish I would have sought wise counsel earlier. Hmm. Um, I wish I would have sought wise counsel on hmm. uh, where I was going because I did. And so one of the things that when, when we got ready to start this first home building business, the hmm. first business, one of the things that God told me to do was even before I started, when I put the budget together, when I put the the plan together, and we began to, to pray over the business plan mm-hmm. and the budget, one of the things that the Lord had me do during that time was to go to three builders uh, and ask them if I could if I could buy them lunch and sit down with them for an hour and mm-hmm. ask them questions. Now I had to be prepared when I came, mm-hmm. ask them questions to know what I was going to ask them. Mm-hmm. I went. What was so interesting about it was. I felt like the Lord had told me to to go to one that was very successful and had been in business for a long time to go to one that had, uh, had been, that was successful today, but had also lost it in the past and then go to one that had had gone out of business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was, I had to actually kind of look for these people that were in my life. Interestingly, they were all in my life. And so I, I, I began to look in that pool of people that God had actually brought relationship into my life with. Mm-hmm. So I went and I sat down with those guys and I asked all three, 
um, multiple different questions. And the wisdom that I gained from that was, as they said, all three of them said so many of the similar things is one of them. They said, never borrow from Peter to pay Paul, which I think is so wise. And for us in the home building world, what that's really saying is know your cost, exactly how much you're going to make on that house. So, um, you know, not after the fact, but even, even before you sell it, um, and don't start spending that money until you actually get it in the bank. Um, and I, and I highlight that one because let me tell you, there were so many times if I wouldn't have had that knowledge when I went in business, I would have been borrowing. I would have been utilizing money that really wasn't mine. It might've been in my bank account, but it really wasn't mine because I still owed some vendors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there were so many times I wanted to use that money to go do things because I was anticipating the sale and the closing was happening this month. And what I learned was so many times, I thank God that they gave me that wisdom because I was actually spending somebody else's money, even though it was in my bank account. Um, And I'll tell you, I just don't think God would have blessed that if if I would have done that. Um, Another one that that I would just highlight is, is that um, especially in a market like this, you have two two different things that I'm seeing in a market like today. Have people's businesses who are just exploding and doing incredibly well. Then you have another group of people that are the opposite extreme and they're just going through incredibly difficult times right now. Um, and I, 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 I want to kind of highlight the people that are going through the really tough times right now yeah. that, you know, uh, the Lord had had us start our first business a year before the market crashed the last time. And really praise God. I had some friends that actually really encouraged me and they said, John, just stay focused on the Lord and stay focused on what he's telling you to do. And I know in times like this, that can be incredibly hard, but I really want to encourage you guys to do that. Go to the Lord and get your hope in him because it's not in the government. It's not in money. It's not in those things. But what I can tell you is as you go through this time and your dependency becomes more on the Lord, God might be preparing you incredible things in the future they're doing exactly what you were talking about a minute ago Tyler which is building that character really many times only comes through trials and tribulations mm-hmm. you know and so I say that to say those were some of the toughest financial times in my life um, as we were going through those those really hard times but they ended up being probably some of the greatest blessing because even when God was asking us to give and we didn't know where it was going to come from we kept giving. Um, even when God said, Hey, now I'm going to ask you to give above your tithe. And we still didn't know how are we going to do that? But we said, okay, God, we're going to step out in faith and do that. What we didn't realize was we were really planting eternal seeds is what I believe in our barns that are in heaven. But what I'm telling you is at just the right time, man, God opens up the floodgates and he will be faithful uh, to what he's asking you to do. But if you remember that those finances are his, mm-hmm. um, he will bless them. Mm-hmm. He can bless you because he knows you're going to steward it well for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's not exactly what, yeah. what you're asking me to answer, but I, but I do think it's really important. And I, I want to speak hope to those people because I really believe this can actually be one of the greatest harvest seasons of your life. Mm-hmm. It, continue to press in on God 
and it becomes spiritual harvest, spiritual root that you're in seeds that you're planting. And I really believe you will be some of the strongest men and women of God uh, in the kingdom that God is building every day. You know, and then the other one that I'll just share with you real quick is, yeah. that, is that I tell our, our team all the time, I believe the greatest stewardship is learned in the time of blessing, not in the time of need. And, and let me explain that. What I mean by that is, is that when my bank account is full, relative to wherever you are, or I'm, I have a budget and I'm exceeding my budget, I'm exceeding my profits, that's the easiest time to be wasteful. That's the easiest time to start thinking it's yours and you can do what you want with it. But I'm telling you, that's one of the greatest tests to know how you're going to how you're going to utilize what God has given you. And so that's why I say the the greatest stewardship is in the time of blessing, not in the time of need. Because here's the deal: if I have if I make ten thousand dollars a month and I have five thousand dollars worth of bills, I've got five thousand dollars left over. I'm a lot of times I'm not asking what to do with that mm-hmm. if I'm just doing what I want with it. Mm-hmm. If I'm stewarding God's ten thousand dollars. I need to be asking him, what do you want me to do with that additional 5,000, right? But if I make $5,000 a month and I've got $10,000 worth of bills, you better know I'm going to God going, oh God, you better show up, dude. I need your help, right? And so every penny that comes in, I'm going, God, where do you want me to put it? What do you want me to do with it? So, but it's when that blessing really comes, we need to steward it like we don't have enough, Mm -hmm. you know? I don't, I don't know if that makes sense to guess, but no, I, I think it does. And, and you know, I, I heard one of my pastors said that you know, hoping he hopes to live on uh, tithe the first ninety percent rather than the first ten percent, and to get to a right. place right where that the 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 first fruit is looking to go into uh, into the kingdom, and yep. and that kind of goes back to like you're right, like if you're in a place of abundance, a place of blessing, then you're able, then you're kind of your character is is kind of put to the test in a sense or it it's, is. it's kind of, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of held accountable there. And, um, and yeah, I think I, th- I thought that was really encouraging. And now it's something that I, I also want to, you know, live by in, uh, w- yeah. when that becomes available. And, you know, I also think, you know, God can do a lot more with your, with, uh, with, you know, with, with your 10% than, than you can do with your hundred percent. Um, if that makes sense or, yep. you know, Right. And so it's, um, it's always, it's putting it out there and just, and, you know, seeking the wisdom from the Lord of where, how this is going to be, uh, kind of where, and, you know, after that of like, where, where's my money going? How is it, what is it going to look like for the year? Um, yeah. so, yeah. You know, one of the, one of the stories that I share in, uh, in the book is that I re- I still remember the first time God ever asked me to give above my tithe and I was standing in a grocery store. And the, there was a, uh, a lady standing behind me and, and the Lord said, Hey, I want you to buy her groceries. And I remember thinking to myself, man, God, you understand? I got $13 in the bank. That's all I've got left. Um, and I, and so I kind of looked back out of the corner of my eye wow. at her and I thought, I thought, God, she doesn't need my money. Like she's dressed way nicer than I am. And, uh, and God's like, exactly. He said, remember in my kingdom, it's not about the money. It's about the heart. She today needs to know I love her. Right. right. It's all it's about. And and he said, so trust me on this. So I bought her groceries. And at the same time, I'm praying, oh, God, please let it not be more than $13. 
Uh, and it wasn't, you know, but I look at that and I'm like, that was the first time God was saying, that was a lot. That was all I had. Yeah. And it was the first time God was asking me, will you do this for me? Yeah. And I look at that today versus what we give today versus what that $13 was. And a lot of times they're equivalent to each other still. Wow. Sometimes God is pushing us and challenging us to do even more. But what's crazy about it is, is that it's when we do that, what I'm confident on is, is we really get to know the person of Christ when we do that because he's faithful. Mm-hmm. And then all the experience that miraculous thing that God does through that. Um, and we see that lady's life impacted and she, she sees the love of Jesus through that one small act that seemed huge to me at the time and it changes her life forever. Man, isn't that what it's all about? Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, I love that. It's, it's less, God is less concerned about the amount of money that you give, but, but where your heart is in, yep. in the middle of it. Yeah. Wow. And so just to, uh, just to wrap up here and, um, you know, I, this is this has been awesome. This has been an awesome conversation, and just to hear um, so just so so much so much so much great insights. And one one thing that you I know John Maxwell wrote the the forward for your book, and um, he's been an influential figure in your life. I've read a few of his books as well. And one of the things that he's big on is servant leadership. Or is. and um, and you had mentioned, you know, if it's this, if this is God's that we're stewarding, then we are ultimately serving God in in our business or in our in our work. Um, and so I was just thinking about servant leadership kind of in the context of with, you know, other people, if we're, if we're a leader and we have a, you know, a team of, you know, X amount of people, or we're, we're working with, with other vendors and we're working with people that are, that, um, you know, that we spend a lot of time with, what is that kind of, can you, can you walk through a little bit what you've learned about servant leadership? Yeah, I think, you know, and that's one reason why I love, uh, John Maxwell so much is because one of the biggest things he's taught me is that every person I come in contact with, they know how much I value them. Um, And so that servant leadership is my staff doesn't know if my direct reports and the staff that we have don't know that I really do love them and care about them. And I want to serve them. um, Mm -hmm. Never expect them to do it. And so one of the things that I try to be really diligent on is that, I mean, I don't do this piece of it as much as I used to. But years ago, I had a mentor that taught me. He said, hey, take 10 dimes and put them in your left pocket in the, in the beginning of your day. Every day, just keep 10 dimes. Throughout that day, make it a goal that by the end of the, the day, you've taken those 10 dimes from your left pocket and put them in your right pocket. And the only way you can move one from your left pocket to your right pocket is by going to somebody and asking them how they're doing but actually doing it and actually thinking about and paying attention to the conversation and listening to what it is they're saying, ask them about their family, ask them about their day, not just about work. So care about them as a person um, and spend, you, you can do that in, in two minutes, three minutes, but really listen to them. Remember what they said, but if you do that over years, all of a sudden, your people feel like you do care about them and you do value them. Mm-hmm. So I think the servant leadership for me is I've always got to remember that I can't, you know, Christ came to to uh, to serve us, you know? Mm-hmm. He's a perfect model. Um, and so I need to go live life with people where they are 
Mm-hmm. And that all of our staff, all of our leaders. So I try to go live life with them where they are, not expect them to be where I am. Mm-hmm. Right. And so by going there with them and getting into their world and just spending a few minutes with them and, and just loving on them um, and looking for those opportunities to love them where they are and encourage them goes far more than me telling them what to do. Because at the end of the day, I know they still have responsibilities and I still have to hold them accountable. But as a leader, I have to earn the right to not only have a uh, pat you on the back kind of love, but I also have to have, I have to earn the right and have equity to be able to correct when the correction time comes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you have to balance those. So those, those moments when you're just going and loving those people and serving them, and when they, when they need you, you actually respond. I will drop. My staff knows. Any of my direct reports know. They can call me anytime, and I'm going to drop whatever I'm doing. If I'm in a meeting and one of them calls, the odds are I'm going to, I'm going to say, hey, hold on a second. I need to take this call because I know if they call me, they need me. Mm-hmm. And do the same thing, though, with my kids. To this day, even with $300 million company that we're running, my kids call me or my wife calls me. I don't care what meeting I'm in. I'm saying, hey, guys, give me a second. I got to take this call because mm-hmm. if they're calling me, they need me. Um, and I'm trying to model that. So I believe that is servant leadership as well because mm-hmm. I'm trying to model that for them so that they know I've got to keep God first. I got to keep my family second and then work will take care of itself. Right. And if we keep that balance um, then I believe we, we see that play out and then they actually do that for, uh, the people that they're here to serve. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of model it. No, I think that's, um, that's, that's great. And there's, a, there's a lot in there. And, and I think the first thing is like, and I, I think God has been convicting me of, of this, of like, you know, I'll come in and have, and have it and wh- whatever expectation, whatever day I'm having somebody, you know, I, I'm feeling, say I'm feeling really great, you know, just, um, something great just happened in, in work or in my, in my house. But then I, I come to someone else and I have, I, I'm, you know, something has to get done in the work that we're doing and, and, and I'm coming here, but this person just had, um, just, you know, just had a really tough conversation with someone that they love or is in a really, you know, different state of mind. I can't expect that, that, you know, if I'm, if I want them to come where I am, it, it this is going to be a clash. And so, I think that's been that's that's that is so important of trying to meet people there. But then also, as you said, um, down later down the line, you have that that understanding of who they are um, and are able to course correct. Yeah, and I, you know, and, and Tyler, yeah. just real quick, I'll give you an example of what that does. You know, when when we love people like you know, twenty twenty was a hard year for a lot of people. You know, God blessed our businesses. I mean, we were we we were far above budget. But here's what's crazy is even in the midst of that blessing, you know, we had 39 families that we put through counseling. Or, you know, you know, some of them dealing with suicidal issues with their kids, from depression to all kinds of issues. But the reality is, you know what? If if our staff, if our leaders weren't serving them and loving them where they were. They would have never opened up and said, I need help. And so when those opportunities come, man, that's what it's really about. And so, so we, we actually say, take your servant leadership and remember it's about the one, it's about the one you're with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. To your point, we can be so focused on us and our world and what we're trying to accomplish. 
we forget about the one. And we can't really, we can't do that because Jesus never did it for us and we can't do it to other people. Mm-hmm. When, we, when we remember, if God's putting us in front of us, from in front of us, he's giving them to us to steward. Mm-hmm. They're the one, right? And so we have to still accomplish what we what we need to accomplish, but we can also set a, set a few minutes aside to serve them and love them where they are. Um, and then, you know, potentially it might be saving them. It might be saving their marriage. It might be saving their kids, um, you know, from right. whatever situation. Right. Right. And as you said, 20, 2020 was, uh, it put a big strain on a lot of families, a lot of marriages and it, culture isn't helping with, uh, with, with building up the family either. And so there, there is caring about someone's family and how they're doing is a, is a kingdom, is a kingdom idea and is a, and is a kingdom way of life. Um, and so I just think it's, yeah, it's been something that I've, I've really valued. And, um, when people ask me about my family too, it feels like they're, they, they want to know a little bit more and it's, uh, it's not, it's not, it's not a, um, it's not like it's, they're intruding either. It's, uh, we, we can come across in new England as kind of cold and kind of, you know, I, you know, to kind of turn, uh, turn my shoulder to you. But, uh, I think it's, I think, I do think it's something that is, uh, it's just a different type of question. And, it is. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I think this is this has been this has been incredible, and I do I hope folks uh, you know grab a copy of the book and, and just you know stay up to date. Where, where can we um, you know find you if we want to follow you know a little bit more about what you're doing, or just kind of you know hear a little bit more outside of this you know this 45 minute conversation? Where can we find you? Yeah, the best place is it's meetjohnhouston.com. Yeah, you go there. You can get a copy of the book there. You can uh, sign up for our blog, um, and uh, any. In the blog, we we'll, we'll we'll do more teaching, like on finances and different stuff like that. They're more Got uh, applicable. Got I think you might find helpful as well. Awesome. So, awesome. Appreciate you having me, Tyler. Thanks so much, John. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, man. I've really enjoyed it.